been talking about the big story of Easter, but now we're actually going to literally go to Egypt here and deal with that part of it. So if going back in time, the, we remember Joseph goes into Egypt, sold into slavery. So that was not probably an Egyptian, but a Hyksos king with a Semitic name, Salitus. The Semitics were descendants of Shem, like Abraham. So they speak Hebrew and Aramaic. They conquered and ruled that Upper Nile area for about 150 years. So that's probably the time Joseph came. But when the Egyptians came back into power, they would have seen the Israelites as the same as the Hyksos. So they would have hated them and made them slaves. And so there's a lot of logic to what happened there. And since they've been invaded by Semitic people, they were wary that the Israelite population was increasing and could help the Canaanites return to power. So they made them slaves in the sense that they were forced labor. So when we arrive at the story of Moses, Pharaoh is now killing the Israelite baby boys and throwing them in the river, hoping to shrink the size of the population. Now, the children are probably offerings to the, the spirit of the Nile that they believed. It's H-A-P-I, which looks like happy, which is obviously a horrible name for that one. But God arrives on the scene ready to deliver his children and punish their taskmasters. And he reveals himself to the Egyptians and to his children because they've been in Egypt for four generations. The gods of Egypt were more real to them than the true living God. The plagues were his way to reveal himself mm. as the true God. Now, mm. remember, everything about Passover is the revealing of Jesus. So it's not what happened 3,500 years ago. For us, it's about the idols in our heart, in your heart and my heart. What God has to do to push them over so he can reveal himself, so that he can ascend the throne of our heart. He has to get us out of Egypt and Egypt out of us. So think of it this way. Death, it's inevitable, right? It's passing by. Maybe not tomorrow or next week or next year, but death is coming. And there must be blood on our door. Jesus' head, hands, and feet were that door. In heaven, he'll still bear those scars. He is the door of blood mm. that enables us to live. He is the lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world. So... One of the ways we need to look at this is from the point of who he is as the God of war, not someone that we have to fear because he's going to attack us, right. but he's our protector. He's our defender. So God has dealt with our top 10 idols or false gods, and he's saying your hope is in this false god, but your prayers will only be answered by the living God. Mm. So Passover is all about how God fights for you. It's such an important study. Deuteronomy 20, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Some of you may maybe struggle with that concept that God is going before you, and maybe it's because you've never dug into the story and actually seen it with your own eyes. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. That's, I mean, he takes his name, meaning warrior, salvation. Mm -hmm. He's the one who saves. We look at it as he saved us, you know, died on the cross. But he sees much bigger picture than that. He's the warrior. Deuteronomy 33, the eternal God is a dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he drove out the enemy from before you and said, destroy. I like that aspect of God. <laughs> you know, I, I like the fact that when I fall into a sin, he's not going, I can't believe you did that. No, he's looking at the enemy that tempted, that started that whole thing, and he's going, destroy. Right. And I love that because it helps mm -hmm. free you up to then turn toward your enemy and go, ah, 
you got me, but you ain't going to keep me. Mm-hmm. Passover is about rediscovering the God of war who fights for your life and eternity. Now, the Bible says Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old, Aaron 83, when they spoke to Pharaoh. Aaron does the talking, but spiritually speaking, they're walking into the palace filled with idols and just knocking them over one statue at a time. The first plague of blood lasted seven days. The ninth plague of darkness just takes three days. They visit, knock over the false god, leave Pharaoh and the people to suffer. Exodus 11 says Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So this is not an enemy. It's someone they like. And here he comes, and boy, talk about some destruction. Moses and Aaron are sent as messengers of the Lord to Pharaoh to instruct him to let the children of Israel go so that they may serve the Lord. And Pharaoh responds, who's the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. His answer was soon to come. Talk about an early introduction. The plagues were going to reveal something to everyone. The power of God to Moses, the deliverer to the children of Israel, the real God to the Egyptians and Pharaoh, they were still remembered by the whole world thousands of years later. That's how powerful this, mm. this encounter was. God was there to execute judgment against the false gods. Over 80 gods, including Pharaoh, only 10 plagues because 10 in, in Hebrew means complete. So they were completely plagued. He withheld nothing. Their main deities were believed to be present in and in control of the forces of nature. So rituals such as prayer and offerings and magic were efforts to provide for the gods with little g and gain their favor. The living God was there to teach the Israelites and the Egyptians that he alone was God. So he struck at their economy and their confidence in their gods. Every single plague was directed at one or more of these false gods. Mm -hmm. They were not random to the Egyptians or to the Israelites, and they'll not be to your enemies either. So... I want you to move from Egypt now. We're going to jump in a few minutes. We're going to jump into, we're going to go down the God, their fake gods, and what, why he attacked and who they were. But I want you to shift for a minute back to our own hearts. What is God saying? What do you cling to? What defines you? Right. Whatever you cling to, it defines you. Many Egyptians were also delivered in the Exodus. The Egyptians who followed became followers of God, and they were redefined. What you choose to follow you will lose because God is revealing its impotence, its inability to rule if you choose not to follow him. Temptation, that is irresistible temptation, reveals a hardened heart. He's revealing their weaknesses and their destiny. He's separating you from your sins and your masters. So in this season and time, if you wonder what God's doing with you, that's a short answer. He is treating you as he did in Egypt. He's setting you free. 